0: Bibles, please, to the final chapter of Deuteronomy, chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim, and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah, unto the utmost sea. And the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, Unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulchre unto this day. And Moses was an hundred and twenty years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. In all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land and in all that mighty hand and in, the, in all the great terror which Moses showed in all the sight of Israel. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. <laughs> it's a little hard not to get choked up, isn't it? What a great man Moses was. What a wonderful man. And yet... What an imperfect man. We are reminded of that even in his death, are we not? So several things to be said here in this, uh, uh, concerning this chapter before we uh, uh, move on to the sermon. First of all, it's difficult to know for sure. Uh, obviously we cannot be dogmatic on this, but this chapter 34 May indeed be a chapter that was written not by Moses himself but by Joshua and appended to the rest of the book. Certainly a possibility. Moses was a prophet. We even read in this passage here that he was endued with that same spirit that Moses had. So it is not a difficulty to say, you think Moses would write this? Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe Joshua wrote it. It's not a difficulty, it's not an assault to the inspiration of the Bible, or to the Pentateuch itself being a complete literary unit called the five books of Moses. It's not an assault to that at all. All right, so after the blessing, Moses has, can I say it this way, he has exhausted all of the duty that God gave him to do. The Lord has told him there's only one more thing for you to do, Moses, and that is to die. That's all I have left for you. That may be sad to us. For Moses, um, we, we understand that, that in, his, um, in his lesser days, he may have desired the land of Canaan overmuch. But it doesn't say any, anything in these final chapters of the book of Deuteronomy that Moses was anything but content with the arrangement that God had made that he would not pass over into the, into uh, across Jordan into the land of promise. Actually, Moses was to be content with seeing the land, and the Lord didn't have to do that, but he did. He took him up to the top of Pisgah. By the way, if you ever visit that area of the world, you can go up to that same place. They've erected a sort of plaque there, and and these. These uh, place names that are mentioned Gilead, Dan, Naphtali there's a plaque there it's got arrows on it and it points to all of those different places you can sort of see what Moses saw although it looked probably a lot different than it looks today Um, but he took him up to the top of Pisgah and he said there's only one thing that I have left for you to do Moses and that is to die but before that he showed him that he is a God of promise And that they will inherit all the land that the Lord had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so the Lord reveals himself faithful, not only in that he will give them the land, but also in that although Moses will not be the one that leads them, uh, he will get to see it. Now, Moses is at this time 120 years old. Moses is going to die sometime, isn't he? This is the best place, according to God's economy, for him to die. This is the best way. He doesn't need to go into Canaan land. There, there will be a new leader, a vigorous leader, uh, a man who is endued with the same spirit that will lead them into the conquest of Canaan. It was Moses' job to get them there. And boy, didn't he? He did. He did in faithfulness. And the Lord honors that faithfulness by showing him the land before he before he dies. Okay, so then Moses, the servant of the Lord, verse five, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. Um, Moses died. That is, he gave up the ghost. He is seated to what God had told him to do, and the Lord buried him somewhere uh, over against Peor. But no one knows where the sepulcher of Moses is, uh, Joshua said, to this day and even to our day. No one knows where Moses was buried. Commentators have said several things why that was so. Uh, Because of the children of Israel's penchant for idolatry, they would have garnished that tomb and made an idol out of it. I don't know if that's true or not. I can think of better reasons than that, really. The first reason is that the children of Israel knew that Moses, although not exactly where, that the Lord had taken him up on that prow that overlooked the land of promise, so that although Moses never made it to the land of promise, in a sense, he was always there watching over them. And they could remember, they could look up to Mount Pisgah and remember their deliverer who brought them out of Egypt and who taught them the, the statutes of God and who mediated for them and so on and who brought them right to that precipice. Of the land of promise. They could remember that. But the other thing I think is more important, and that is that Moses was the mediator, a type of Christ, a prophet that saw God face to face, like our Lord Jesus Christ for all eternity was pros, tonteon, right? Face to face with God. And so, as a type of Christ, then, they should not know where Moses' sepulcher is. Why? Because Christ doesn't have a sepulcher, right? He doesn't have a sepulcher. He is risen. And so Moses as a type of Christ then, uh, his sepulcher shall not be known. It's geography. So then, he was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. Um, moisture is natural force. That, it's the Hebrew word moisture. In other words, Moses wasn't a dried up old bag. When Moses died, he had a vigor at 120 years of age that was uncharacteristic. So that we would know that Moses wasn't put out to pasture because he couldn't do the job. Moses was put out to pasture and brought to the end of his life because the Lord had brought him to the end of what he had prepared for him to do. That's why. So that we wouldn't be tempted to think that Moses didn't go on because he couldn't go on. He couldn't go on because God had said, This is as far as you will come, Moses. Now I, in my sovereignty, will give that leadership to another man. So I think that's what verse 7 is teaching. The children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days, uh, so that the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. I think it is proper to honor those who have, uh, who have uh, taught us the word of God, as we, as we learn in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7. And so I don't think this is an untoward mourning for Moses at all, more characteristic of the ancient Near East. And then we see that Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. So Joshua then, and we see the Lord's succession plan, don't we? The graveyard, beloved, is full of indispensable people. At least, indispensable in quotations. They thought they were indispensable. Certainly, if there was a man in ancient Israel that was indispensable, it was Moses, and not even he was indispensable. If the the Israelites thought, we can't survive as a nation without Moses, they thought incorrectly. Actually, what they should have been thinking is we can't survive as a nation without the God of Moses. Right? And so the Lord teaches them that lesson here. Then we come to verse 10, and we have the epilogue uh, pertaining to Moses. And there arose not a prophet in since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. We'll remember Deuteronomy 18 and Numbers chapter 12. Deuteronomy 18 and Numbers 12. Write those down in your notes. Look them up later. Numbers 12 is that passage where Miriam and Aaron got sideways with Moses because he married an Ethiopian woman. And the Lord says, Don't you realize I speak to Moses face to face? Any other prophet that I've ever spoken to in the world, I speak to them through dreams and visions and dark sayings. Not so with Moses. He stands face to face with me. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? He's a prophet par excellence. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 18, Peter will quote this in Acts chapter 3. And in Deuteronomy 18, what we learn is that the Lord will raise up another prophet like Moses who knows God face to face, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? So there arose not another prophet like Moses. It's all downhill from there, beloved it's all downhill from there until Christ comes. And then that star rises in the east, right, and so on. Okay, so then the, the, with the signs and the wonders that the Lord did to Egypt and all that mighty hand and the great terror which Moses showed in, all the, sight, in the sight of all Israel. And there is that proper reverence and fear that, that Moses inspired for the people of God by his prophetic office. Thus we come to an end of the Pentateuch, the end of the life of Moses. And Lord willing, this afternoon we'll begin in the book of Joshua.